Greetings, dear, dear listeners, and welcome to another episode of The Working Experience, a very warm, open-arm audio embrace and a squeeze. This episode is brought to you by my company, One Circle Media. One Circle Media is a hybrid digital agency and media content creator. We create and design apps, websites, videos, social media content, and physical products. We are artists, directors, designers, producers, coders, editors, thinkers, makers, and creators who embrace story and creativity from design, web and app development, animation, docs, features, TV shows, digital and social media content to physical products. For our clients, we create content that builds networks and audiences across multiple platforms. Check out our work at OneCircleDigital.com and OneCircleBrand.com. If you work for a network, studio, brand, startup, or corporation and are looking for a partner to create media that will build, engage, and entertain, reach out to me at John at OneCircleMedia.com. I'd love to hear from you. This episode is also brought to you by an app that I created called Still Believe. Still Believe transforms a picture in your home into video proof of your child's favorite magical characters. With the app, parents can catch the magic of the tooth fairy, leaving money under their children's pillow or Santa delivering presents on Christmas Eve in their home. You download the app, take a picture, and we create the magic. We utilize feature film visual effects artists to transform your picture into video. Just tell your kids that you have a special app that can detect and capture the tooth fairy then present them with the video proof in the morning. The look on their faces is priceless. Your Still Believe video is created in minutes, and you can then save it to your phone and share it on social media. The app is available for the iPhone and Android, and it's free to download. Our aim is to bring joy and wonder into the hearts of children around the world. Check it out at stillbelieve.co. Thanks, everyone, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Working Experience. The working experience. Route 93 North is almost at a standstill. It's a rough one out there this morning. Snow and sleet. There is no service on Stand the- clear of the closing doors, please. Uh, yeah, folks, we're going to be a few minutes. We have train traffic ahead of us. We should be moving shortly. John, we need that report ASAP. Where are we on that presentation? And HR wants to see you. Did you return that email yet? We have a team meeting at 10. To stay late, Bob. Teamwork makes the dream work. They're moving in a different and after the meeting, we'll have a breakout session. Who ate my Where are my hot pockets? This microwave is disgusting. Oh, God, what's that? He was wow. moving his Sexual toenails at his desk. I can't take it anymore. I can't take it anymore. I can't. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Working Experience Podcast. It's Maddie Kay. And John, welcome, welcome, welcome. And thank you for, I always say tuning in, but downloading, streaming this wonderful program we call The Working Experience. See, I envision people sitting by the fire with their gigantic radio. They've tuned it in to, you know. Yeah, the you know, to get the frequency. (laughs) And then they hear our voices. You know, coming over. What do they call wireless? <laughs> I was like, I don't, I don't know if I don't know if you and I would be allowed on radio. Uh, yeah, you do curse sometimes, occasionally. Yeah, and say inappropriate things. <laughs> oh, lots of inappropriate things. <laughs> well, talk about inappropriate. There was uh, 
this incident. Oh, there's been a few incidents, but the one I heard about first, um, this is all in the, the realm of cybersecurity, which I read up on, and they're saying by 2020, this will surpass $133 billion dollars. And Ooh, it's, cha-ching. It's, That's a, you and I have to get into the cybersecurity game. I'm going to start to look for some stocks to invest in. Uh, but yeah, if you're looking for a job, I think this is one of those jobs that, like blue-collar jobs, have kind of morphed into these tech jobs where, you know, you probably only need a couple of years of training to do it. You don't really need a four-year college, and you need, maybe probably don't even need college at all. You just need to know how to do it, and... I mean, I'm sure like a 15-year-old could probably figure this stuff out because they're so tech-savvy, you know? Yeah, I mean, you you don't... I mean, do you need a degree in computer science? I mean, you could learn all this stuff on the job. But I've actually worked with clients in the cybersecurity space uh, having a, a decent amount of knowledge, which is shocking for someone like myself. Yeah, um, we usually like to get into these podcasts with little to no knowledge. Zero. Zero, no, yeah, no, because I don't like to form my opinion based on any sort of fact. No, I just no, like no. to free form it. I don't have time to research stuff. I mean, I'm just a very busy man over here. You just, you sl- once the research engine starts with Maddie, oh, he starts to doze I, off. It's like, it's like a lullaby. <laughs> I, can't, I can't look at numbers and facts and all that stuff. But no, but, happened- but hacking. Sorry, go ahead. Well, what happened in uh, Mississippi, and then there were two other incidents. Um, I I think this happened... Well, okay. What happened was these people had a security camera installed in their 8-year-old girl's 8-year-old daughter's bedroom. Now, I don't know why you would do that to begin with. I, I, I don't know. Anyway, somebody managed to hack into it. And there's video. I saw the video on, on uh, CNN. And... Uh, this guy's speaking to her. He's saying, this is your best friend. This is Santa Claus. And this girl <laughs> is freaking out. You know, she's screaming for her mother and everything. And they only showed a little bit of it. They didn't show, you know, the full meltdown. But um, I mean, it's was... a massive invasion of privacy. It's funny, but it's not funny. I mean, the guy, whoever it is, I'm assuming it's a guy. It was shouldn't a guy. have shouldn't have hacked in and told this poor little girl that Santa Claus didn't exist. Well, then there was another video they showed. It was a, a, a home, I forget where it was, uh, somewhere in that area, kind of in the southeast. And it was a, a biracial family. Father's black, mother's white. They have kids, you know. And all of a sudden they hear this voice coming over their security camera saying, like, does your child look like an Oreo? And making, like racially biased comments and you can see the father he's looking around like what like what did you say and he's going towards the camera and then there was a third incident i didn't see the video for that but apparently it was along the same lines it was a a biracial i I believe it was i i I could be wrong with the company i believe it was nest cams was it nest camera or no i heard ring mentioned oh i'm sorry it was ring wasn't nest it was ring and ring you know, all these news organizations contacted Ring for comment, and they said, look, this is not our fault. Right. We, you know, no one hacked into their central servers. They hacked into, the, you know, their, the private network of these 
individuals. So they hacked into their whatever their password was for for their ring. So they're you know denying any um, responsibility. Of course, uh, of course, of course. <laughs> but but it's true because people that and this all goes back to cybersecurity is like the weakest link in all of cybersecurity in human um, in uh, is humans. It's not the system set up because people will literally pick a password like password one two three right or one two three four five six you look google the most common passwords and it's laughable mine is uh, and they use though they use those passwords over all their different sign-ins which you're not supposed to do that's why i use jiggly booty and uh, most people don't connect that. <laughs> yeah. Well, the the best the best thing to do is to do a two step verification, where you have a password, you enter the password, and then either a text is sent to your mobile device, or you have to sign into a security app that generates a six digit code. Uh, yeah. Well, that's what the guy who was commenting on these things was saying. That you know. People, as you say, they have passwords that are as idiotic as password one, two, three, or like these guys, it'll be the name of their pet. And what these, the more sophisticated hackers, they'll go online, they'll look at your Facebook and they'll see, you know, they'll just like put clues together. Like, oh, there's your dog, your dog's name's Kali. And they know, like they, they can put these things together. I mean, it's a lot of trial and error but that's all these guys well it's it's not even it's not even that complicated i mean what they'll do is they'll they'll have programs that will try multiple versions like say their dog's name is collie they'll try collie with a capital c collie one two three it'll just go over and over again and eventually you know they'll hit pay dirt Well, the thing that strikes me about all of this is that this is such a self-generating industry. Like, I don't know why somebody needs to have a security camera in their child's bedroom. Like, I don't really get it. I could could understand having a security camera. I mean, I don't have any of this stuff. I, I have nothing like Ring. It would never occur to me to get any of it. Um... So it's like we're putting all of this information out there. We're putting these cameras into our homes, and now it's creating a problem. And now it's giving growth to the cybersecurity industry. And again, like I don't know. Well, it's the same. It's the same thing with the camera on your computer. You remember the the big thing? It was like a couple years ago about putting black tape over the little camera so someone can catch you. you Yeah. So it's the same thing, but I under—I don't have Ring. I don't have the Nest cameras, but people are using it for security, alarm systems, surveillance. So it's possible that you know they had this camera set up in this in their eight-year-old's room because they wanted to make sure no one broke through the window, or they wanted to mo- whatever they wanted to do. Uh, and typically, these Ring cameras will be set up on the front door. So you can see, you know, one of the big things around us is uh, 
Amazon, UPS, FedEx, they deliver packages and people come and steal them. So these cameras will capture these individuals stealing these packages. And you can also, I think you can also talk to whoever is at your front door through these cameras. Through your phone. You can do it yeah. through your phone now. Right. But No, but it's a, it's a massive, you're right, it's a massive industry that didn't, you know, I think Ring was on like Shark Tank, wasn't it? Didn't that's what isn't that how it started? I don't know. I don't know. But I mean, people have always had packages delivered to their home. Like this is not a a new thing. And I I just don't understand like somebody being at work and is still watching their home. Like rings coming through their phone and t- it's just bizarre to me. It's absolutely bizarre that Again, we invite these things into our home. Like, we actively go out and buy them, put them in our home, and now it's a problem. And now another industry is going to arise to prevent the hacking of people's cameras and people are going to spend more money. I just saw, just before we started this podcast, I was watching CNN and an ad came on. This was right after they were talking about this incident with the cameras. For Norton and LifeLock, they've now combined um, right. cybersecurity, blah, 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 $9.99 a month, which, you know, doesn't sound like a whole lot. It's not a whole lot, but again, it's like, well, I mean, you're inviting these problems into your home. Like, the more you put out online, I don't do any banking online, my... Uh, you know, stock place, they have wanted to, to put, they send me statements in the mail and they, you know, always have this offer to go online. I just said, no, I'm not doing that. And I understand that makes me an anachronism, but I'm just not putting it out there. Like I you're, just you're a lud- you're a ludite. Well, look at what was the name of that firm? Their sole per, it might've been Norton, their sole purpose, people paid them to protect their data and they were breached. They were hacked. Right, right. <laughs> the, the, the company that was meant to protect your data, that's why you're paying them. They, so, I mean, what's to prevent? I, I don't know. And it, it's funny. Yeah, there, there's really no one that's, um, you know, that's safe. I mean, there was also that case with um, the credit rating agency. Was it Experion? Experion? Yeah. yeah. Where they were hacked and hundreds of millions of people's data were leaked. Yeah. I mean, look. Even you're still susceptible, like your, you know, your, your email, your Facebook, um, your data, even if you don't bank online, your bank does, and you can still be hacked, you can still be breached. So it's not like you can just, you know, pull a Maddie K and uh, uh, walk into your cave and light your fire and say, all be damned. Everybody is interconnected. Yeah, that's right. I actually no, no joke, and I'm not even joking around. I have a fr- I have a buddy who does not trust the banking system. He does it, and he keeps his money hidden in his house, all over the place. And one of the places is under his mattress. I knew a guy in the film industry. He would he kept safety deposit boxes, and then he kept money other places. But yeah, he was like, "No, nah, I go cash my paycheck. I take the cash." I, I, he kept like a, a very minimal amount in a checking account, and uh, yeah. I mean, and it sounds crazy. It sounds crazy, but you know, people 
they forget the Great Depression. I mean, there was a run on the banks. So yeah. if everyone went right now, you went to your bank right now and tried to withdraw all your money, if everyone did that simultaneously, there wouldn't be enough money for you to withdraw. The Fed would have to step in and literally start printing money. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it always sounds crazy, like, oh, these people, blah, blah, blah. And I don't know, like, it just seems like the average person doesn't put two and two together sometimes, where it's like, okay, we hear about these crimes all the time. We hear about people's data's being breached and da-da-da. Well, yeah, but I still do it. It's like, well, like putting cameras in your home. Like, you just heard that they can get into your camera. Like, do you want them watching? I mean, imagine what... That person just sounded like they were pulling a prank. But this is an eight-year-old girl. Can you imagine who would want access to that camera? I mean, oh, that, that's, God. And to, to, like, I don't know, to put that camera in your kid's room, I just don't understand it. Like, I, I don't know. I find it very strange to me. It's kind of creepy. Yeah, I mean, but it is, you know, I, I understand what you're saying, but it really is a... It's just a level of the security that you apply and how easy a target you are. Do you know what I mean? Because essentially hackers are looking for the, the lowest hanging fruit or the easiest target. And if you have a weak password and you use that password across all devices, all logins, you are an easy play. If you have a, a difficult password with two-step verification, it's a lot more difficult for a hacker to gain access and they're probably not going to, though they still could in theory if they really wanted to, but it was not worth their time. There's too many other idiots out there that they could easily hack. Well, I think it also begs a larger question, which gets to like, you know, guns and all of that. Like uh, there was a guy who wrote a book probably 20 years ago. It was He was featured in that uh, Michael Moore documentary bowling for columbine i think the book is called the culture of fear and he just said fear really sells like paranoia really sells guns uh security devices i mean that the security industry seems to have exploded with cameras you know people want surveillance and this and that and it's sort of like what what is everybody so afraid of like i don't our nation right now is much safer than it was even 30 years ago you know like the- yeah i mean we've sorry to cut you off but we've spoken about this before like in my in my house if someone were to break into my house i i don't know what there is of value that's worth the potential jail time and charges for breaking into my house maybe my computer and maybe my flat screen TV, but that's it. There's really nothing else of like significant value. They'd be much better off like hacking into my Chase banking account or my Coinbase account or I shouldn't list all the stuff they should hack into. (laughs) But they they would be a much bigger payday than breaking into my... Even though I do have a... See, I have a security... I have a security system on the house only because I'm pay, I pay less homeowner's insurance for it. Right. Like I get a credit for the, so it's almost, I actually save money by having an alarm system. Right. But you know, I, it's really unnecessary. It's not, it's not necessary. 
Yeah, and I mean, there's always the fear some random person could break in. I mean, it, it has happened, and in the rare instance that happens, they really play it up. You know, they, like the gun industry, they always want to play up some, like, guy who, you know, confronts an intruder, and he went for his gun, and he neutralized the intruder, and, you know, everybody wants to be Clint Eastwood, and it's like, you Well, know. The, the vast majority of break-ins are when people aren't home. They, yes. No, no burglar wants to come in and deal with anybody. They, they want you out of the house. So you go on vacation, they break in, they steal stuff. End of story. Yeah. Or, I mean, or, and then there are rare cases where there's a psychopath or you know, a drug addict who's, who doesn't know wh- which way's up, and they're breaking in. But that's like super rare. Yeah, and where I live, where the paranoia is probably uh, higher than, you know, in just tends to be that way in the suburbs it's funny like places that are away from urban centers that are away from uh places where there is legitimately a lot of crime or more crime they tend to be more paranoid like they tend to be more like you know they'll have home surveillance and they'll have this and that and it's like don't you don't live in a high crime area i mean i was just watch i forget what i was watching it was one of those like decades show like the 90s cnn runs them sometimes and uh, New York City in 1993, and that's it caught my eye because we started college in 1992. 1993, the murder rate peaked at something like 2,500 murders that year. I mean, it was just chaos. And which then, is really, I mean, when you think about it, in a, in a city as big as Manhattan with the five boroughs, that's not a lot. Well, it's what's. 365 what, what's that divided by 2500 it's like three that's like a, a ten, 10 a day or well, that's, eight a day those are murders i mean then you had all all the other crime the muggings the you know this and that the assaults and and so forth uh and then giuliani got elected kind of in response to that um but then like 10 years later murders dropped to like 300 so it's a lot safer and you know, crime in general across the United States is way, way down. But whenever yeah, but something... that's that's statistically, you turn on the news and you only see the rare events, right. and then it's like, oh, someone ate a piece of lettuce with E. coli, and then <laughs> right. everyone's like, oh my god, we can't eat lettuce, don't eat lettuce, yeah. or like ever, Grandma Jane gets attacked by a Watt Rottweiler. You know, it's yeah. you just hear the worst stuff. Right, right. Because that's what sells. I mean, if what do they say? If oh, it yeah. leads, it leads. But it does create this, you know, I'm not saying the news media is necessarily in cahoots with the security industry, but it did strike me just watching this thing about the, the phones and then right after that is an ad for cybersecurity and you know, it's like, oh, well, I better get that. And it's like, well, why don't you maybe take the camera out of the bedroom? Or, you know, I don't know. And the thing I also don't really understand is, let's say you're at work, you're looking at your phone, and looking at your your camera, well, I guess you could call the cop. You see people breaking into your home, I guess you could call the cops. I don't know. I mean, I just don't understand. Like, people are at work watching their phone or their laptop right, right, to see right. what's going well, on at home i mean well you can you can get like notified when like 
Yeah, you know, know. when when someone they have like motion detection AI, so someone comes in and then the it records it. I know. Uh, that's what I, I'd be glued to that empty frame all day, just watching watching the leaves go by, watching my dog <laughs> sleep. Well, they actually have these things now where if the pets are home by themselves, you know, particularly dogs, they get very kind of neurotic, I guess, if they're home alone a lot. So now you can set something up where you can communicate with your dog while you're at work. So the dog, yeah, feel that's what I'm. That's what I'm talking about. Like, is anyone working at work, or they just no? They're they're talking with their dogs at home. (laughs) And I think they they have this. Not I think I saw it. It's this thing that will it'll throw a treat out to the dog (laughs) at your command. So the dog feels like you're there giving it treats like, holy Jesus. I, w- I wonder if that would work for my kids, if I could just like dispense yeah. a Cheeto yeah. that goes flying across the room. Or a slice of pizza just comes flying. Yeah, boom. So, I, so I'd, I'd never have to go home? Well, this girl was telling me, uh, she's a senior in high school, and, uh, you know, I just said, so what do you, what do you got going on next year? And she's going to... A, local community college to be a veterinary technician and i was like oh wow that's very specific and she said yeah I, you know i like animals she's volunteered at a shelter and you know she's done her research and she knows what she wants to do and right and then it occurred to me you know i've heard on the radio or in the media that the pet industry is somewhere up over a billion dollars that people spend oh it's on crazy pets. it's yeah. crazy like a woman that I teach with, she was talking about her dog, how much the dog costs. Like it's a oh, lot I think of it's money. I think it's more than a billion. It might be, I don't know, but I think it's I think it's in the billions. I mean, the amount of money that Americans spend on food, toys, a veterinary care, I think it's I think it's in the tens of billions. Some guy was saying he had a uh, he had a big dog. It was like a Rottweiler or something like that. He said the amount of food that dog eats, like he spends a lot of. Money oh, I could imagine on food, and then vet bills, and I remember we had a cat that that lived to be like seventeen human years, and the cat was declining. You know, it was time. You know, my mother brought it to the vet, and the vet started saying, "Well, no, no, uh, you can give her insulin shots twice a day." <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> and you know my mother and it was it was bad because they were kind of almost like guilting her you know it's like what kind of quality of life is that for the cat the cat is 17 years old it's time the cat is clearly I, not happy i had uh when we were in the in manhattan we happened to live like two blocks away from the it was like a world-renowned veterinary hospital i think it was like Babst or Babson or something. It's two blocks away from it. My son had a gecko, you know, like a, a lizard. Yeah. So Jeannie uh, comes back to the apartment and the, the thing is like laid on its back, like gasping for air. <laughs> we, we rush it to the ER, the exotic like surgeon, veterinary surgeon comes out and it's like, okay. You know, airways blocked. We can resuscitate, blah blah. But we need your consent. I was like, "Well, hold on, everybody, stop." What? Yeah, 
I was like, this is a $30 lizard. <laughs> like, how much is this going to cost me? It was like Here's 200 old and Old dad weighing in. Yeah. The, yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I was like, everybody stop. <laughs> I was like, it's like, it's $290. I was like, Done. absolute. I was like, absolutely no. not. Yeah. Let the thing die. <laughs> and, and my my words just are vibrating throughout the wall and my and Jeannie looks at me in horror the kids are like crying yeah. so anyway I ended up paying for the 290 oh my god for this for this thing to be resuscitated we leave with our our gecko and how much longer did it live after that oh no it, it lived for quite a while oh I also I had an, I had another instance when I was taking one of my sons to the dentist so we're in the dentist and I, I, I've been dealing with my knee thing and insurance companies not paying for stuff and having for me to pay. Like, I've been scarred from this, right? Yeah. So we go in the dental thing and he's got to get like some scan. He's like, oh, you know, Mr. Mercaccio, we're going to get a scan. We just need your consent. I was like, everyone stop. <laughs> I was like, how much is this going to cost? And they're like, oh, it's probably covered by insurance. I was like, no, uh-huh. it's not good enough. Don't get the scan. Yeah. I was like, I need proof from the insurance company that this is, co- I made a big to do about this thing. And the dentist is like, uh, you know, I think you're overreacting, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'm not, I'm like, I'm not paying for this. So I go through this whole thing. He doesn't get the scan and I'm going to check out. And I'm like, by the way, like how much was that scan that I denied? And they're like, oh, it was $40. <laughs> I was like, oh, she- Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Look, son. Looks aren't everything, okay? Right. right. <laughs> it's just it's character building. For so you, you got so you got a a, a fagel tooth. That's fine. Ah, that's fine. That's fine. You should have seen the way people looked in the eighteen hundreds. Okay. Yeah, There's, you'll you'll, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. You'll be, you'll be fine. Okay. No, it's it, dealing with insurance and all. The, oh my god, it's just a system. Oh man, it's it's really it really is a it's a nightmare, even for people that have good insurance yes. and everything's everything's correct it's still a complete disaster well they were talking to two doctors in npr about medicare for all versus a more incremental approach these guys are both doctors in concord new hampshire one guy was for the medicare for all he said you know I've, i had a guy come in construction worker he really needed this procedure done on his knee, he was in a lot of pain, didn't have health insurance, it was gonna cost him $6,000, he just didn't have it, and that was it, you know? And he was like- No, six grand is actually pretty cheap. Yeah, and he said, I, I felt terrible, and um, that man should have coverage. Like, that should not be an issue. And so they kind of went back and forth about it, and the one of the doctors said, I'm so sick and tired of insurance executives making medical decisions like he's like how did this how did it come to this that they are saying no it they, they no. have it, right they don't have they don't have the medical knowledge it's no. all like dollars and cents no and he's like whatever it costs this is what the guy needs and a lot of these costs are simply wrapped up in the insurance i mean it's it's this like rob peter to pay paul and he just right. said, this is, you know, it's insane. Like, having someone with no medical degree look at a, a, a diagnosis and say, no, you're not going to do that. Just because it costs money. Like, the guy, you know, he's just like, 
These are not people who are in for cosmetic surgery. They're not looking for a, a facelift. And th you know, they have legitimate medical needs. And I mean, that's the way I've always felt about it. Like, if you want to have your own, see, this is where I have a problem with the Democrats, and, and I always vote Democrat. But like, stop trying to sell the idea that you're going to take away people's private medical insurance. Like, stop that. People don't like that. You, you sell the idea that you can still have private medical insurance, but if you can't afford that, you'll be able to go and get your broken leg fixed or whatever procedure that you need. Yeah, if, if someone still wants, like, <clears throat> high-end supplemental insurance and it's private, so be it. I don't know what the other doctor's argument was against that. Like, one doctor was like, no, that's not the best, you know, we should... Just have Medicare for all, healthcare for everybody, and a lot of people are just not comfortable with that. You know, I mean, the federal government has proven more than once that they don't run things very well. So, you know, there's all kinds of issues of waste and money, and people having access to good treatment and legitimate concerns. Uh, but somebody ought to be able to go somewhere and get things done you know, get their teeth fixed. Right, like a bit, like a base level. Yeah, just a base level that, you know, will take care of you. And a lot of it, too, is preventative. Like, insurance companies will not pay for preventative care. And the, Yeah, and that's one of the big, that's one of the big issues. It's a, it's a disease care system. There's no preventive yeah. uh, care. And, and they're like, we'd save so much money if we took care of these things before they become a problem, but the insurance company just can't wrap their head around that. It's like, no, we're not paying. Their whole thing is predicated on we're not paying money. That's it. And it's like, but I've paid you my premiums. Like, what do you mean you're not going to yeah, pay does, for this? It do, doesn't matter. No. They'll, they'll collect those premiums. I know. Um, so, uh, I, you know, I know that whole thing about the camera and the laptop. So, once in a while, I'll just moon the camera so whoever's watching me, <laughs> they get a nice eye full of that. Uh, so uh, I don't know. Tom's gonna have to do some editing. I'm kind of kind of out of ideas on this whole cybersecurity. Well, I, th I think we took a we took a left turn towards healthcare. There's and there's also uh, security um, concerns with healthcare and um, patient privacy and. And all that's like, was it HIPAA? I think the your privacy bill of health. Um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, and also we've only spoken about the consumer side, but there's also the corporate side. I mean, corporations are spending hundreds of millions of dollars to protect their data, and they'll actually hire white hat hackers to try to infiltrate their system so that the bad guys don't get you know into the system. I think uh, sometimes they hire people who have been convicted of hacking, and uh, yeah, sometimes they turn they turn from the term is a black hack hacker to a white hack hacker, so a a bad hacker to a good hacker. Yeah, well, I mean, you would want to hire somebody who knows how to get into systems to figure out what are the holes. I mean, that's I think that's been true ever you know even before any of this was cybersecurity. You hire somebody who uh, knows how to get into places, so. But yeah, I well, mean, it, well, it used to. I mean, it used to be like, you know, people would, or uh, criminals would actually break into physical 
uh, places where, you know, a corporation or whatever, a storage unit, whatever they had. Now it's all done online. Now you can, you can literally run away with the keys to the kingdom electronically. Yeah. Yeah. But again, like we've done this to ourselves. I mean, we, we put it all out there. So that's what always strikes me is it's like, you know, we've invited the Trojan horse in and it's, uh, everybody knows about it, but everybody still continues to put stuff out there, like a lot of personal information. And I mean, sometimes people put stuff on Facebook that I'm like, did you think before you posted that? Like, <laughs> like this, this woman, I, I don't know her personally. I know people who know her and I'm kind of fascinated with her Facebook page. This is a woman my age. She's 45, 46 years old. Kind of a bit of a mess, one might say. Uh, she posts pictures of her living room table with a bong and weed and all this, like, a, like a college kid would do. And she has kids and everything. I'm like, do you really think about like what you put out it's, there? Yeah, it, it's it makes you wonder like did this person just get hacked and right. then they didn't they're actually <laughs> right. doing that no, no i don't think so <laughs> having seen the uh the, the rest of her posts no uh there was this other guy who would like threaten people via facebook he was threatening he's kind of calmed down since but um this is another guy he's like a townie sort of he was threatening to kill a lawyer via facebook it was hilarious <laughs> It was absolutely, and this is not something I heard about on the news. I, I know who this person is. This person lives in my town and went to high school here. He's kind of one of those people who is fulfilling every prophecy that people yep. had of him in yeah. high school. You know, like just townies. Yep. Che- checking off all the boxes. Yeah, stayed in Taz, had all kinds of court problems and, you know, all this and that. And he, yeah, he threatens people over Facebook and has posted himself like pictures of himself with weapons with knives and stuff and again this is a 40 something year old man this is not an 18 year old kid you know um but yeah that's always uh always good to be doing so again it's it's like people just kind of do this to themselves and i don't i don't know the uh again i don't know why this country is so paranoid like, we're supposed to be the richest country on earth. We're supposed to be the greatest country in the history of the world. And yet we have to spend billions on cybersecurity and home security and guns and all kinds of self-protection. It's like, good Lord, like what? It's It feels like the purge, you know? Like every day. Well, I mean, like you know, some of it's fear-based. Some of it is a necessity. You know, you, you have, if you have something that other people want, and you know it's easy to grab they're gonna they're gonna try to get it and you gotta you gotta protect yourself see i am my own home security system you know what i'm saying of course you gotta you gotta register those deadly weapons don't you have to register your hands yeah my my karate (laughs) skills my uh but yeah it's it's i have to warn you before you enter the residence that i am a a black (laughs) you see you you're not a you're not a black belt in anything you just you're you're just a i don't even know how you would phrase it well no i took karate lessons via youtube so (laughs) oh yeah there you go yeah there was a karate he was an expert on there and i (laughs) took those lessons and you and you just when 
when someone enters their house, they just like inadvertently turn on the alarm system, right? They turn they they put it on. Yeah. When Matt enters his house, he puts on his black belt. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I actually leave my door open because I like to encourage intruders. <laughs> of course, of course. You know it's just I a saw? reason. It's a reason to kick someone's ass. You know what I saw, which was awesome. It's this furniture you can buy that where you hide weapons. Right. So there's a bed you can buy. And this is what the commercial shows. There's a couple lying in bed. Some intruder opens the bedroom door. The guy throws his hands back. There's a a headboard and he he opens a secret compartment and a shotgun drops into his hand. Nice. So he's ready to blast away. And I'm thinking, what if that's your kid asking for a drink of water? You just put one over his head as a warning (laughs) shot. I mean... Yeah, there won't be any problems with that. No, <laughs> no, like that's that. foolproof. The other one was a coffee table, like in the living room, where you'd sit and you, you had the the handgun like holster was under the coffee table, so you're you're ready for action. And I bet there's a lot of guys out there who watch that and they're like, yeah, <laughs> like, oh yeah, they want that, you know. They well, want... they they assume that the borders are going to be, you know, infiltrated by immigrants and rapists and murderers. So they're just uh, they're just gearing up. Not only do they expect it, they want it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, because their lives are so pointless. Like, they probably work at some kind of dead-end job, something like that. I'm not saying everybody who owns a gun. Well, I will say anybody who goes and buys an AK-47, I would have to maybe... Unless you live in a survivalist camp in the middle of Arizona or New Mexico. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I envision most of these people are very angry. They're kind of underemployed. They get very paranoid because they get all their information via media. And, you know, they watch certain media. And they really want some sort of battle. Like, remember those guys in, uh, what was it, South Carolina? They were marching. You know, yes, the, yep, yep. Like, yep. those guys, I just think, to a person, have no point in life. Like, they don't have anything positive going on. And if they weren't such awful people for doing that, you'd sort of feel sorry for them. But it's like, that's the danger of those people. It's like, if you can get a couple of intelligent you know, charismatic people, they can take all these others who, who really have no direction in life or point or identity and they feel like losers and just, there you go. Here, here it is. Here's, here's your Well, it's, a, it's the same thing like, you know, most guys that get into fights are looking to get into a fight. Yes, yes. Spoiling you know, it's, it's a, a fight. Yeah. Right. It's, just, it's the same thing. Most people that are you know, gearing them armed to the teeth are looking for that interaction. Yes. Like George Zimmerman. He, he right. was looking for a problem. Nobody goes driving around at nine o'clock at night with a gun who has anything positive going on. in their uh, life. Except, except for myself. Right. I'm patrolling <laughs> the neighborhood. <laughs> on patrol. You've designated yourself sheriff of, uh, well, that's what I, I I roll up. I see some kids playing. Everything okay, kids? Yeah. Everything all right? And, yeah. and then, then I I always hear back. Be like, uh, my buddy comes up to me. He's like, Hey, did you say something to my kid last no. night at about? <laughs> not, no, it was, wasn't me. <laughs> Backing off of it, but yeah, like George Zimmerman. 
you know he's suing apparently he's suing the martin family or something oh, like that jesus i don't know if it's true i saw it. it it's one of those things that kind of flashed up i i haven't looked into it at all but that dude is i mean i look at this guy and i'm like first of all you were getting your ass kicked by a 15 year old who seemed to weigh le- like a hundred pounds less than you and you <laughs> killed him for no reason and that you you seem to be feel perfectly justified. Hey, all, all, all's fair in love and war. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening. We'll have a more uplifting podcast for you, I promise. But listen, folks, maybe, maybe it's not all sugar plums. Okay, the working experience sometimes has to come at you with a hard dose of reality. Okay, that's right. A, a little a little smack across the face because it's not all roses that's why every night i watch live pd you ever see that show oh yeah i I have a buddy who works on that (laughs) there you go every night that's why i'm watching it to get in there and see live live stream of cops pulling people over darn right that's entertainment it's i guess it's the updated version of cops which i don't think that show it is anymore it is yeah no i i think it might be in syndication rerun but Live PD is is basically cops for 2019. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening. Uh, Website. Take a look at our website. I guess we're close to getting that baby in the dock. TBD. TBD (laughs) for a launch date. And we're also going to be on Medium. We're going to have a working experience uh, page. Yeah, that's going to come very shortly. Oh, Maybe on the next podcast we'll be be touting that. (laughs) Very, very shortly, folks. (laughs) Very shortly. Of course, in in, in the working experience speak that, you know, it could could be 2021, something like that, you know. We operate in dog years. Yeah, yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of The Working Experience. We'd like to thank our sponsors, One Circle Media and the Still Believe app, the only app that delivers video proof of the Tooth Fairy and Santa by simply taking a picture. Download the app at stillbelieve.co today and amaze your kids. And if you work for a studio, network, startup, or corporation and are looking for a partner to create media that will build, engage, and entertain your audience, reach out to me at john at onecirclemedia.com. I would love to hear from you. And that's it. The end. The sweet end. Until our next audio encounter.